Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Let's be honest, the first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simons on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm -hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today, we're talking about traveling with purpose on the cheap. All right, Matt. So your daughter came to my door. She just wouldn't was relentlessly selling me cookies. What's up with this? Uh, yeah, the Evie cookies. <laughs> yeah, what is this? A is she just trying to like take out the Girl Scouts? She, yeah, a Girl Scout came by our house maybe last week or two weeks ago. Because have, have any come by your y'all's place? Like no, we Girl haven't Scouts? had them yet. No? I'm like waiting for the Thin Mints We've to got, drop. Yeah, no, uh, a neighbor two two three houses down. Their daughter came by, and Evie was there when she came by and was totally fascinated with like the sale <laughs> i think that's what she was mostly drawn to the fact that she had uh like a clipboard or like the paper and was like writing stuff down evie's like all about that anytime she yeah anytime we play she's always like taking orders like she's a waitress <laughs> <laughs> she's that's, like the scorekeeper yeah play games. yeah exactly yeah so a few days ago like in the last week she was saying that she wanted to wanted to make cookies and what it, what we realized is that she basically just wanted to like take orders she didn't really want to <laughs> make cookies and so we went around and uh yeah i walked up to y'all's place she gave she gave me the hard sell not yeah. gonna lie she was she was practiced by then she was versed she knew what to say she was like one plate of cookies only mr joel yeah. are you sure three dollars i was like fine Evie, i'll buy more <laughs> whatever you say uh yeah but i mean it's honestly it's it's actually pretty cool right to kind of see ways to teach my daughter how to be a businesswoman, you know, and like how to think of something and kind of follow through with it as well. That's really the biggest thing because so many things we do at home are like you do it for a minute, you know, 30 seconds and then yeah. you just you abandon it. And so that was something Kate was really making sure she stuck to it. <laughs> the grit, you know, the, the stick to itness. 
Well, that's one thing I got to say you've done really well already and that I would love to do better with my girls is to teach to teach your girls about money and kind of give them some real life situations and how it plays out. And so I think we'll dedicate another podcast, a future episode to specifically talking about how we teach our girls about money and yeah, how you like a kids only one. Yeah. And you do such a great job. Uh, oh, thanks man. We'll let you lead that one. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, and that was great. And by the way, maybe we'll the, pull Kate in on that one too. Cause she's, yeah, she's definitely led the charge with the, uh, with the cookies and the, the business order. And I could the tell, order form. <laughs> I could tell she was the one that did the baking. They were phenomenal cookies. They're too. man. Did you try the lemon ones? I haven't tried the lemon one. I tried the chocolate chip. So good. Uh, you just wait. All right. Lemon, yeah. With pink frosting on top. Yeah, there. It's amazing. It's legit. <laughs> there makes me think of a topic too that somebody in our Facebook group mentioned a topic like that as well, as far as like how to encourage sort of the entrepreneurial spirit with your with you know with your kids, right? Yeah, totally. Was that, the, was, that, was that the question? Yeah. So on that note, did you have a job as a kid? How old oh, were man. you when you first started working, and what did good where question. did you start working? Yeah, good question, man. The first job I had was as a caddy at the golf course where where, where my parents live now, and where where I grew up as a kid in Augusta. I didn't get an early on job uh, like 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 a lot of kids. My parents were very much their mindset was well, my, definitely my dad was just like make I want I want you to focus on your grades. Don't worry about you know you, if you maintain a certain level of responsibility and chores and things at home. We'll make sure you have enough spending money to kind of hang out with your friends and. Um, and it was plenty, you know, it's not like I was like, I want more, <laughs> um, but grades and education definitely kind of became the, I guess the focus for my folks. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. So my first legit job, were I got, you, were you eight, <laughs> eight and a half, <laughs> a little bit older than that. But my first, my first uh, job was mowing lawns in the neighborhood. And so oh, okay. I kind of well, did, yeah. did the old school thing, posted the flyers yeah. and uh, I just remember there was one specific lawn where the lady was just like so picky about things. She was an older lady and it took my dad. My dad was like super kind to help me out. He'd been, you know, he worked a full week. And then on that Saturday, he spent five hours with me over at that lady's house. Oh, that one lawn. house? Yeah. <laughs> Trim in the bush, everything. Okay. And we were like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't advertise all this on the flyer, like, this but this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing all this for 15 bucks. Uh, but I learned a lot from doing that in yeah. the with my dad about sticking to it, following through on what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, and like the customer service aspect side of it as well. Right. Like yeah. just trying to keep folks happy. And totally. Yeah. I did not think of, I didn't think of lawns at all, but yeah, I mean, I, I did lawns. Uh, I did pool cleaning. I was like the little, I was a little pool boy, little <laughs> cabana boy, <laughs> just getting the leaves, getting the leaves out and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, but then my first real job was working at Chick-fil-A at the age of 14. It was right across the street from my high school. So I would walk over right oh, after man. school and I would work a three hour shift and then I would go home. I think legally I was only allowed to work like 15 hours a week or something like that. So I'd work, you know, two days after school and then on a Saturday um, and saved up enough money, you know, by the time I was 16 and a half or 16 to, to buy my first car, nice uh, man, my own cash. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I, I would say for me, learning a work ethic early on was really, really helpful and working from an early age taught me a lot that still continues to carry me through to this day. And so, yeah, I think what you're doing with teaching Evie to work starting at four four and a half is uh, admirable it's awesome yeah it's, it's fun right yeah and she and th- those kinds of lessons you know if as you continue those they will they'll last her the rest of her life those lessons i learned mowing the lawn with my dad right. when i yeah. didn't want to do it and i was tired and i was like this is ridiculous i i learned a lot um and it was it was really good for me all right so uh every episode we obviously drink a beer and this week's beer, Matt, tell us about it. Yeah, man. So this beer tonight is Bell's Hop Slam, which is actually kind of interesting because we mentioned Hop Slam last episode as sort of an aside how it, it, you know, it's been a couple of years since I've had this one. Yeah. And uh, my neighbor brought some over, <laughs> which is awesome. And he listens to the podcast some too. And the last episode had not been published by the time we're recording this one right now. So it's not, he didn't hear it. It's not like he heard us talking about Hopslam. He just, just read your mind. It was meant to be. So well, as soon as he brought it over, my eyes lit up. I was like, are you kidding? This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously it's been a, it's been a minute since, since we've had it, but. Well, let's crack this joker. This, if you are into IPAs, this was like the first IPA that gained a cult following. Oh, yeah. um, and I got to say the label is still one of my favorites. 
dude just straight up bowled over by a pile of hops. So, and by the way, we will take your beer donations. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at not poor Matt and at not poor Joel. Also breweries. If you want to get your name out there on the podcast, feel free to donate. We got some beers coming in from a couple breweries and we'll be drinking them on the podcast and uh, giving a shout out, letting you know what we think. But today's from Matt's neighbor, some free hop slam. Well, I can say it is still good. <laughs> oh man, that's so different than some of the IPAs we've been drinking recently. Yes, is that what yeah. you say? Yeah. It's got like a real malty backbone, mm-hmm. but uh it's still it's got that like nice still real bright and honey sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. That's delicious. Yeah, so for those of you that have had IPAs before and maybe aren't as familiar with Hop Slam, I mean, so this is considered a double IPA. So th- I mean, these sit around 10%, I feel like typically so it's a little bitter, but this one being a double, it's got higher alcohol and higher sugar con- sugar content. So it's a little bit sweeter, right? It's It's got that honey. Yep. Makes it easier to drink as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also the, a lot of the IPAs being made today are even more hop heavy or hop forward than this beer. Um, and so you're going to get a little more of the traditional piney bitterness on this one, um, which is great it's just not it's uh, just a different style yeah it's just a different style than what people are mostly making right now yeah in my mind right now this tastes like drinks like a west coast ipa Mm -hmm. when like years ago i would never have said that i would have been like oh no bell's hop slam is its own thing totally but now that it's been it's been a couple years and everybody's putting all these sort of the the hazier new england style ipas that literally look like orange juice (laughs) they're they're so fruit kind of heavy um this yeah it really does feel like a west coast ipa but it's amazing. It's delicious. We'll have a link to the Hop Slam Untapped profile on our show notes if you want to learn more about it. And now that we've talked about the beer and we've talked about Matt circumventing child labor laws to get his daughter in the workforce early, let's get to the subject at hand, Matt. Traveling with purpose on the cheap. So I don't know actual child labor laws, but what I do know is that once you have an actual job and you're employed, you can open up a Roth IRA. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, some my a, f- a friend of mine, she started working for her dad, who is an accountant. And I think literally they opened an, a Roth IRA for her at the age of 15. Oh, nice. And maxed that joker out. And I think they're in pretty good shape as far as that goes. <laughs> so my boss, Clark, so his wife is an actor. And mm-hmm. she got his son on a commercial shoot nice. when he was like one or two. And they filed a tax return for him that year. And he was able to claim that uh, on his taxes and then open up a Roth. So he's had Shut a Roth up. since he was an infant. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Leave that to, leave that to Clark. <laughs> Playing the game. <laughs> like genius right there, man. Like a legit player. I love it. So the subject at hand, traveling with purpose on the cheap. Matt, the, uh, let's talk about kind of the philosophy. First off, vacationing, yeah. travel. Like they're two different terms. And what do we mean when we say each one? So in our mind, we define vacation as being more like something you do to go and relax. So, you know, if, and that's what we're doing, you know, later this summer or beginning of the summer, we're going to yeah. go to the beach. That's we're, a vacation. We're, we're taking it easy for some folks. Maybe that's going to like the mountains, like a cabin up in the mountains, just vegging out, taking it easy, relaxing, playing games, playing board games versus travel, right? Which is more, how would you define that? Travel, I think of as more exploratory, less kicking your feet up. Yeah. And uh, I like a good dose of both in my life. I personally prefer travel and could kind of skip vacation to do more travel. But I like a good mix of both. And so I think of travel as more exploratory, going somewhere new or that you've been where you want to see more see more stuff. Uh, and I think of vacation as like, yeah, finding the beach house or the mountain house and kind of kicking it for, for you know a few days, a long weekend to a week. Yeah. And that being more relaxing for me, travel is a little more draining because I, I'm exploring the whole time. Uh, but it's draining in just the right way. And I think life stage also has a lot to do with it too. Right. I mean, sure. W- with kids, we've got friends that fly all the time and travel all, all over the world. We haven't done that yet <laughs> with, with our girls, mostly because we're thinking, and if, if we're going to go travel somewhere, it's going to be me and me and Kate. For us, it's a lot of money to spend extra on a plane ticket for a kid that's not either A, may not remember it, or B, doesn't, you know, may not appreciate it as 
you know, even some other kids who might appreciate it more. Or may throw a tantrum in the plane the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. I'm going to avoid that for the next few years, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think, yeah, the, there's the prohibitive cost involved if you want to actually do some traveling and some exploring with your kids. Uh, our kids are on the, on the young side, are four and under. And you've got three four and under. I've got two four and under. So uh, taking actual trips overseas or whatever it's going to be cost prohibitive yeah. uh, to buy more plane tickets and and all that other stuff so yeah when when i'm talking about uh, travel for us at this point in time it's when emily and i get to do things right, together yeah and for you guys it's when you and kate get, to yeah, get away together. for an anniversary trip or maybe getting away for the weekend something like that and that's what we're going to spend the rest of the podcast talking about most mostly is, is travel there'll, there'll be some things that can apply to vacation but in general on the move travel and you might be listening to this in your young 20s and you've got the ability monetarily and time-wise to do a lot of this. Or you might be uh, listening to this and just have had a newborn. And you know what? That's not going to be on your list for at least the next year. We're going to kind of try to lay out the basics for how you can travel well and then also travel uh, on, a, on a limited budget, which is actually how you should approach it. It's better for you if you approach it that way. Um, we're going to kind of approach some of those things. And, and dep- you might not be at the point where you're going to book a plane ticket tomorrow but we want to kind of give you this this as a resource where whether it's tomorrow or next year that you're booking your trip uh you can use some of these things as a guide to book yeah great travel for a really good deal yeah and before we get to some of those more practical tips uh, i want to make sure that we talk about a very big overview sort of more of a philosophical standpoint which is what kind of travel do you like to do it's a question that kate and i've sort of asked each other because we kind of learned how to travel once together like you know once we got married we started traveling more and what we realized is that we like to travel the same way we like to live right and so what that means for us is not necessarily doing super touristy things uh like museums or tourist attractions things like that which there's nothing wrong with i think for the longest time we sort of had this meant this notion where we thought that that's what travel is. Cause that's what you see. That's what you see pe- people post pictures of. And that's what you hear people talking about is going to a city and going to a, a tourist attraction. Yeah, no, I, I think it's the way a lot of people approach travel and that's okay. Maybe you're really into museums, you know, go find the museums you want to go see, but we kind of tend to travel in the same, same ways you and Kate and we uh, would prefer to find a neighborhood that we enjoy in right. a place where we're going and kind of center our trip around there. Or maybe a really good brewery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The breweries are always involved, much we're, to Emily's chagrin at times. Yeah. I mean, we're lucky enough to have wives that also enjoy beer as well. But yeah, it can't all be about the beer. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, you know, there's there's certainly some places that we travel where where we make museums a higher priority. Like when we went to Florence, Italy. It oh, was, right. Right. high priority for us to go see a museum in uh april we're going to go to paris france and we're going to make fancy there's like tons of museums there's like you could fill your whole time with museums but we'll pick one and we'll go to it and we'll we'll have fun but for us yeah it's more about neighborhood exploring and also natural beauty oh so yeah wherever yeah. we are we want to see get like, outside some like when we were in Amsterdam, we wanted to see the tulip gardens. There's nothing else like it in the world. You know, when we go to Washington State, we want to go see Mount Rainier. Uh, oh, yeah. Wherever it is we're traveling, like we want to see that natural beauty thing that, that nowhere else has that kind of makes this place stand on its own. It's kind of unique to it. And every place has something like that. Mm-hmm. So find kind of that, that natural beauty that you can find on your trip too. It's cheap. <laughs> it's cheap. Yeah. It's cheap to find the natural beauty, and it's, it's out there, <laughs> and, and it's cheap to walk around exploring the neighborhoods. Yeah. And we try to do that here in Atlanta. The other night, Emily and I went on a date, and what did we do? Well, we we went out to dinner, but before that, we literally walked around this neighborhood close by, and we we admired all this beautiful street art that we have. Nice. We Where'd love you? we love street art. Where'd you go? Cabbage Town. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we just we love street art, and it was the most beautiful walk. We love the street art and the architecture. Mm-hmm. And so to get to walk around that neighborhood before dinner was super cool. Right? So wonderful. Yeah. Just walking and talking and enjoying that. I feel like a, a lot of what differentiates like a destination where you, you might go to a museum and do some of those things and experience culture as opposed to say going to a destination where you live sort of your life that you normally do is the maybe like stateside versus going abroad. Right. And I feel like when Kate and I, when we, when we travel, you know, or when we travel even with you guys too, and we're stateside, we try to maintain like our rhythms of our life. 
And basically we try to picture ourselves in that new location <laughs> yeah. and live the way that like we would if we lived there, which is a lot of times why we end up looking at real estate and being like, what would it be like to live here? You probably go to the same coffee shop three days in yes, a row. Yes, exactly. See if you spot the same people yes. in line. I mean, literally, I mean, and it sounds hipster to say, but we try to live like a local uh, versus when you go, say when you're going abroad. Do you, well, go, do you go to work too? Do you just like show up somewhere and you're like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my W2? Yeah. Um, but yeah, versus when you go abroad somewhere, you're, when you're trying to experience a new culture, well, a lot of that you're wanting to a lot of times, but kind of bombard yourself with culture. And it's not about sort of just sitting around and doing what you normally would at home. It's like, well, we're here. So let's maybe kind of kind of check out some of these, these other things. Yeah. And that might be why we really like traveling in the States. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention that because... You know, I don't think sightseeing and being a tourist is necessarily a bad way to travel. I just think there is a lot of pressure to do those sort of things, you know, when you're when you go on vacation, because that's what people ask you. They're like, oh, did you go see the Eiffel Tower? What right. I mean, people, you're going to hear that, you know, when when you guys go to Paris. I agree. I think one of the biggest things is people plan their trip around what the what a couple of websites or a couple of guidebooks oh, tell yeah. them to do. And or just what they've always heard, because they're pop culture well you have to go to the eiffel tower or you have to do this or that and they end up wasting time and money on certain things like that doing things that they don't even necessarily enjoy right so for instance i haven't been to paris yet going in april but you can go have a picnic at the base of the eiffel tower which sounds awesome or you can wait in line and pay 25 dollars or however much it is to go up in the Eiffel Tower. Not, not only can you have a picnic, you can show up with a bottle of wine like yes. Kate and I did a few years ago <laughs> and lay out a blanket, man, and watch the tower light up at night. Uh, like, uh, yeah. That, yeah. That's I'm pretty plan. sure that's what you guys will be doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so not only does it save you money, it saves you time. I avoid lines like the plague. And, and I, so I just don't want to wait in line to go up in this tower and pay money to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think that's really important. Make sure you're not just doing what the guidebooks say, what everyone else common wisdom says and actually think about how you want to explore a city and what you were saying matt practical tips stay in the u.s i think that's a really good idea especially if you're a beginning traveler it's easy to travel in the united states and the diversity of our country is outrageous there's almost no other country with the amount of geographical diversity as the united states and there's so much to explore here asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money and now a word from the show sponsors at betterment do you want your money to dream big do you want your money to be a total self-starter are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough don't worry betterment is here to help Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. 
rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash money. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. And that can be, a, like you said, a huge money saver too because, I mean, when you're traveling abroad, one of the biggest single expenses is your plane ticket. It's just to even get to the place, not to mention any other expenses you're, you're going to incur. So passport, all the other things that go along with traveling internationally. When you can hop in your car, if you can drive 8, 10, 12 hours... Yeah, that's going to save you a lot of money. Yeah, and you can it. explore a few places along the way. Yeah, what's your favorite? Do you guys have a favorite place in the in, in the U.S.? Oh, because I know you, I know you you were born in the Pacific Northwest. I, I know you like it up there. Yeah. So speaking of traveling the United States, my buddy Travis and I, who I believe I referred to him on in an earlier episode, he's the dude that met his wife. Yeah, he met love couch uh, while, while couch surfing. <laughs> That's right. So we did a three-month road trip around the U.S. And I think my favorite spot in the United States is the Four Corners region, Colorado, Utah area, that, that southern Colorado, northern Utah, part of Arizona right there. And arches and zion okay. oh okay yeah so yeah. that kind of that kind of part of arches and zion yeah so they, there's just some amazing national parks in that in that part of the of the world yeah i fell in love with it just so diverse and different um and the natural beauty is just epic so yeah have, I, you, have you guys been to uh yosemite no never been to yosemite oh man you just wait <laughs> been to glacier which is yeah beautiful. yeah glacier's awesome yeah. uh and i love i mean you mentioned arches and, and zion I've, I've been to both of those places uh been there on a road trip with my dad and then kate and i and then a buddy steve uh we signed up for uh oh and kate's brother daniel signed up for a uh, half marathon in moab so mm. yeah so it's was, it was called the the canyon lands half and talk about Moab's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> incredible. Man, we loved it. I mean, most of, we mostly signed up for that one too because we're like, where can we be inspired to want to actually run? That place will do it to you. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, so I would say it's amazing. Uh, I didn't realize that the United States had sand dunes until I went on this trip with my buddy Travis. Like at the beach? No, like desert sand dunes, uh. like rolling <laughs> sand dunes for forever. Uh, okay. In South eastern california so, there's sand dunes as far as the eye can see it's okay. insane it's incredible like i said the geographical diversity is impressive and you can find something for almost anyone uh in the united states there's the pacific coast highway the the uh, oregon coast is crazy and rocky and beautiful and kind of cold um there's just the, the vast diversity of our land is incredible and i I mean, it makes me want to go visit more because there's so much I haven't seen yet. So when you're planning your next trip, consider staying stateside, stay in the U.S. It's likely going to be more affordable and there's still a lot to see. You may have seen a lot of the U.S., but I guarantee you haven't seen it all. But if you have your eyes set on something else, traveling internationally, we're in the golden age of traveling internationally right now. The, the prices have gotten to be so cheap. You can fly to France or uh, Belgium or Germany 
cheaper than you can fly to a lot of rural, the rural United States now. My mom wanted to take my grandma back to visit uh, her hometown in Montana. It's like $600 round trip to get Dang. to Montana from down here. But you can get to uh, Amsterdam for 350 round That's trip. Insane. It's incredible. I guess that makes sense why you can fly from a major city to another major city because there's other airlines. There's other players there, right? Yeah, there's a lot of competition from, let's say, Atlanta and St. Louis, Chicago, New York, Boston. There's so many airlines flying out of each one of those major airports that it creates a lot of competition. But once you get to those... Competition is good for us. (laughs) Right. But once you get to some of those more minor airports that are a little bit further out there, a little more rural... There's almost no competition, and so if Delta is the only one flying in there... Yeah, they get to stick it to you. That They can charge you $800. That it, sucks. Yeah. So one of the things we want to talk about, be flexible on your travel. Be flexible not only on your dates. That's huge. You, you know, you're going to want to be flexible on the dates you can go. If you can leave on a Tuesday, come back on a Tuesday. Uh, if you can be flexible, like, I don't have to go in June. I can go in July or August, too. That's going to help you out and, and save you a lot yeah. of money when you're shopping for flights. Yeah, being self-employed, man, that's a huge bonus to be able yeah. to kind of pick and choose when you want to take time off. I, obviously, we don't have complete control of everything, but to s- sort of be able to say, all right, well, this is a priority. We're going to go ahead and do this and start planning on it. So chalk one up for being self-employed. Yeah, and <laughs> you're also, you're going to want to be flexible on your airport. So even where we live, Matt, it might be worth it for us to either drive to another airport at times. We're pretty fortunate. We have a lot of competition. But sometimes the best international fares come out of just a few cities on the East Coast and on the West Coast. And so it might be worth it for you to drive or fly to another airport even on a domestic ticket in order to save money. Do like your own layover and then fly out of exactly. LaGuardia or something like that. So like Boston right now has some of the best international flight deals. And from Atlanta, you can get to Boston for $100 round trip. So it might be worth it to fly to Boston and to book your ticket essentially from Boston to Europe. Um, and that could save you a lot of money over just booking direct from whatever East Coast city you're in. Mm-hmm. One of the main things that will change how much you're able to travel is literally just by choosing your destination based on where the sale is. Yeah, based on the deal. Yeah. Right? So that's what we did, remember, when we went to Ireland. Yeah. Well, prior to Ireland, we had the discussion and we were like, hey, let's try to go somewhere because <laughs> we had just gotten back right. from a trip and we're just like, you know what? Let's, it'd be really fun to go together. And that's what kind of got the wheels. That's what got the gears started. Turning. We were kind of like, where do we want to go? Well, let's go where it's cheap. And Ireland was super cheap. A few weeks later. Yeah. You, we came across a deal and, and that was before like all these mega airfare deals to Europe. We paid $500 and now that's like standard, but yeah. back then it wasn't standard. No. That was really, that was really cheap. Very cheap. So find the deal and then kind of decide why you want to go there. And mm-hmm. at this point, I've been to six continents, fortunately, and I wouldn't have been to nearly as many if it wasn't for that rule of booking travel cheaply. I feel like if you do it that way, you get to go to twice as many places. You're, you're going to eventually get to the places you want to go anyway. Yeah. So just kind of go with the deals unless you... There's no reason why you need to be in a certain country at a certain time unless you're going to be there for Tour de France or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Or Otherwise, you, be flexible. Yeah. So be as flexible as you can. Man, we almost went to, ended up in uh, Austin last year, Austin, Texas. Before we got our tickets to go up to Boston, we were looking at where the deals were and we, the tickets to Austin were like 60 bucks. Probably on what? Like Frontier? Uh, I can't remember. It, I mean, it, yeah. I, can't, I had it pulled up on Google Flights, I think. Uh, but... Yeah, it was an amazing deal, and we almost went there, but we decided not to because it was August, and going to Texas in August sounds kind of hot. (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. So in the end, we decided to go up north, but we almost ended up in Austin, and we forgot good things about it, but just because there's a deal there, and I still want to go there, but maybe when it's cooler. And by the way, you just mentioned Google Flights. That is bar none the best booking engine for travel. So google.com slash flights, whether you're looking domestically or internationally, uh, that is the best site for you to go to. Google has it worked out uh, where you can kind of look at this calendar of dates and find the best fare. So if you're flexible, they, they make it easy to spot dates that are going to be the cheapest for you. And it's just super easy to use. So it's by far, I would say at this point, it's topped kayak. It's the best search engine for, for flights. So google.com slash flights if you're looking for tickets. You wanna yeah, do you wanna tell folks about Scott's though? You you have yeah. this down. I don't I've never even heard of Scott's. Yeah, so Scott's Cheap Flights is you need to sign up for it right now. Really? Matt. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so they have a free and a paid version and Scott's Cheap Flights is just incredible. 
Scott's basically mining the data on what flights are cheap, and he sends out emails a couple times a week. Uh, and if you're the free subscriber, you usually get delayed and you don't quite get quite as many emails. But essentially, he just tells you, you kind of pick the quadrant of the country where you fly out of, and he sends you the sales. He tells you, here's exactly where it's on sale right now. Um, and so I'm always seeing great deals to different places, and mm. it, sometimes it takes a lot of restraint on my part not to just book like more travel. <laughs> <laughs> but but plus, I'd have to like make you do more babysitting yeah, my kids. <laughs> I can only do so much, so much of that, man. Whatever. I love your kids. <laughs> I was going to say, does Scott happen to work at Google? No, no. He <laughs> okay. just started his own. No, he started his own business. His, his name's Scott Kyes. And he, okay. uh, yeah, he's just like brilliant, man. Oh, I mean, really? Yeah. He's, he's just like a dude. Yeah. He's just a dude. I mean, he's got more people working for him now. He's right. gotten big enough, but uh, yeah, you should totally check that out. Sign up for his emails. Go to scotchcheapflights.com. Uh, Literally, they're not sponsoring the show. They're just fantastic, and they're you should that check them good. out. And we'll link to them in the show notes. Scott does an incredible job. So if you're kind of on the lookout for cheap airfare, that's probably the best resource right now. Um, that and Google Flights; those are the two things you need to know when when booking flights. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, of note is these new budget airlines from Europe. Wow is one of them, and Norwegian is another. Those two airlines are the major reason why we're seeing such good airfare to Europe right now. They're kind of coming in and undercutting everybody. Yeah, and totally. And Iceland Air, that's another one. And they're just, they're literally cutting the rates so hard and creating no frills air, airfare service that United and Delta and some of these American airlines, some of these other uh, um, US based airlines have had to cut their prices just to compete, just to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. And uh, these guys don't fly out of nearly as many airports. Wow doesn't fly out of a lot of yeah, airports. Yeah, I've never even heard of them. Yeah, but they're super cheap, as as low as... Would you trust a, an airline that is called Wow? <laughs> it's like, look at that plane's in the air. Wow. <laughs> Let's be honest. After United's recent track record, I trust oh wow, wow a lot more yeah, than United. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get my nose bloodied, yeah. so maybe I'll go with Wow instead. Yeah, busted up and drug off the plane. Yeah. So, yeah, so WOW and Norwegian, and uh, and I will say... This podcast brought to you by United Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> so consider a budget airline. That might be your best bet, or at minimum, the budget airlines are going to cause the prices to go down at airports where they fly out of. Yeah, competition why, is always good. Yeah, so I mentioned Boston, I mentioned New York. Those are two cities where WOW and Norwegian are flying They're out of. They're flying in there. Yeah, so being flexible is a huge way to, to, to save while you're traveling. And something else we've, I mean, we've touched on it. We've kind of talked around it, but traveling with friends is, yeah. a, is a huge way to, to cut, cut down on costs, both domestically. So if you're kind of going on a vacation, say just going to the beach like we are, or even traveling abroad, we've done that with you guys. Hey, you can split a rental car. You can get four people in the car as opposed to two. You can split an Airbnb house so you can save money as opposed to getting two hotel rooms separately on different trips. You know, you could do some more cooking at the house then too so there's just a lot of ways that you can save money if you're traveling with friends as opposed to just one or two people yeah and it's not really like a huge thing but safety you know like if you're just a single like an individual just kind of traveling on your own like going to some different cities like you know you may not feel super comfortable in different neighborhoods and different cities but if you've got two other friends with you or there's you know two couples you got there's four of you total Man, there's nothing to worry about. Sure, you feel safer walking around at night. Totally. You're you're less of a target, no doubt. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out cachava. Just go to cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take well the money app Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. That being said, I mean, traveling with friends may not be for everybody. I mean, you want to make sure you've got good communication and you've like set clear expectations maybe as to what like you're going to be doing and things like that. We've been on trips before with other friends, not with you. Maybe it was with you. Who knows? <laughs> I'm not going to say where, you know, there's a little bit of tension because you're kind of like, well, we wanted to kind of do this and you guys want to do this. And everyone's kind of like, Ugh. I feel like there's people I can tell. I can tell pretty quickly off the bat. Like, you know what? They're my friend. I love hanging out with them. I don't think they'd be my best travel partner. Right. I don't think that our family, my wife and I would travel with them in the same way. And like we said at the beginning of the episode, we kind of, we know how we like to travel and our families like to travel in similar ways. We like different things, but we know we like to travel in a similar fashion. Yeah, we've got similar rhythms. and Yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm, I was going to say this earlier, but I forgot. It made me think of, you are talking about architecture, you know, like walking around Cabbage Town before y'all's yeah. date, date night or whatever. When Kate and I, I mean, that's one of the things we love doing too. <laughs> when we were up in Portland, up in Maine uh, for our anniversary trip, we put ourselves on like a self-guided architectural tour in this one historic neighborhood where like all the early sort of settlers in, in, in Portland is like one of the first family neighborhoods essentially kind of up on this bluff. And yeah, we just looked up the history of these different homes. Someone had made a PDF and we just drove around, look, looked up the homes on Zillow to know exactly which home it was. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And yeah, we just took ourselves on a, on a, on a self-guided 
architectural tour and it was written by architects. So there was actual history and notes as to like the style and different things like that. You guys would have loved it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was super cool. I'm all about that. I mean, I love doing that just in my own neighborhood. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I never get tired of looking at the houses in our, in our 1920s neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, so what are some more practical, maybe more monetary stuff that we can keep in mind when you're traveling, especially when you're traveling abroad? So once you've got your ticket booked or whatever, you're going to want to do a couple things beforehand because everyone's going to have to use, in all likelihood, credit and debit cards or and also cell phone service. And so make sure you have a credit card that's got no foreign transaction fees. If you have a credit card with Capital One, you'll know automatically they're the only credit card provider that I know of that doesn't charge foreign transaction fees on any of their yeah, cards ever. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if, if you've got that in the wallet, use that. Um, and if, uh, if you don't be sure to check the fine print on your credit card statement and, uh, and, or call your credit card company and they will let you know, they have to let you know yeah. what the foreign transaction fee is, but those fees add up. I was oh, going to yeah. book our hotel for France and online and you have to think about it even when you're doing that. If I, I was going to pull out my normal credit card that I use every day, I don't use the Capital One you're card. Like, it's the internet. It feels like it's right here. Exactly. <laughs> but then I thought about it for a second. And like, oh, wait a minute. Yep. They're going to get me on that. It would have been an extra almost $40. Oh, wow. So make sure that you're using a credit card that doesn't charge foreign transaction fees because that can end up costing you a lot over the life of your trip. And if you don't know, like Joel said, just give them a call because you, you, you want to give them a call anyways to give them a heads up to let them know you're going to be traveling abroad. Yeah. And so a lot of the times credit cards will put a freeze if they see some weird transactions abroad. They're like, well, that's not normal behavior. And you'll get your account shut down. You want to make sure you've talked to your credit card before you're abroad, before you're traveling in a different country and your credit card's frozen. Totally. Because that's a pain. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so you also want to think about your cell phone service. If you have T-Mobile or Sprint, They've got some great international plans that are completely free. You don't have to sign up for anything on top of it. You just need to let them know that you're going. And sometimes you need to make a change once you get there to, uh, to how your phone works. But it'll be free. You'll get free texting and you get free data, although it's really slow data. And then you'll pay 20 cents a minute for phone calls. So that worked out really well for me on my last trip my, um, that my wife wasn't able to go on. And I was able to stay in touch with her really well on my Sprint plan. Uh, with free texting and uh, getting to to check some things also on this you know crummy like 2G style data but you know what I was able to look things up when I needed to and it was really mm, helpful 2G <laughs> yeah <laughs> it like it's like the AOL dial up from back in the day <laughs> I just it, well, I wish it made the sound just for effect but yeah, oh yeah the modem dial up yeah <laughs> uh, oh wait was that the trip that you went on without your wife to where where did you go Australia. Australia. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You went to Australia without your wife with a relatively new baby over Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> She's just now forgiving me for this, Matt. Don't bring it back up. You paid for that one for a little bit. I did. Hey, it was a, it was, it was a work trip, right? So right. yeah, you're lucky enough. You get to go on these sweet, these envious work trips where you get to go to some very cool places like Paris coming yep. up. Paris coming up. But so, that, that time it was Australia. All right, so practical things to do once you get to your destination, things that'll help you enjoy your trip more and also spend less money, schedule minimally. That's really important. I think people tend to overbook themselves. They completely wear out their feet. They get super tired uh, and they end up just totally exhausted. Back at the hotel, yeah. completely exhausted. Yeah, this is something for me, not necessarily the overdoing it part, but just the scheduling part. Because I'm a efficiency <laughs> utilitarian man, like everything I do needs, you know, my natural tendency is everything I do kind of needs to have a purpose. And so I sometimes I have a tendency to think that like if I'm not scheduled and if we're not doing something productive or going towards a destination, it's a waste of time. But what I've learned through traveling and, and figuring out what, what I really enjoy is that, yes, like having some general goals as far as like what you want to hit up today is good to have. But yeah, Matt, 10 years ago is like hour by hour. Yes. <laughs> and that just gets stressful. And I was stressing Kate out and she wasn't having fun. I've learned to slow down a little bit too, because yeah, I used to be like, well, if I don't see it all, then I'm going to feel like I didn't, yeah. didn't do the trip right. And now I've kind of learned to back off just and take it easy. Yeah. And don't feel like you've got to go every single place. One of, uh, one of Kate's rules actually is, 
anytime we're traveling and kind of on the move that we have to stay somewhere two nights. Like that's just one of her, one of her rules. It's like just to make sure that you have enough time to kind of get settled in a place, you know, where you're that way you're not just always constantly looking where to go next, you know? Cause like when you're just constantly moving forward and not, you know, it can wear on you. You're like, all right, where's my next hotel? Where's the next restaurant? As opposed to if you have a place that you know you can go back to because you've been there at least one night before, man, that does so much for you just like mentally yeah, to, to not wear you out. And, and plus it gives you time to get a feel for a place, right? Like picking up the vibes of a, of a location of either your Airbnb or the little town or neighborhood that you're staying in. Having that second night, you really get a feel for it. Yeah. And I think spending a lot of time walking in the very beginning helps you get a feel for the city, the town, wherever you are. If you can spend, yeah. spend a lot of time walking around, seeing the sites, seeing what's around your, you in your neighborhood, it kind of helps you get an idea of where you want to go and where you want to spend your time. Um, kind of like spatially place yourself like wherever you are. Yeah, you kind of figure the layout of yeah. the city. That for me, that's huge. I like to like know where I am on a map. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if I'm, I know generally I'm walking towards this direction. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well, I know we saw that before. That's over on this side of town or whatever. Well, and walking is free. You know, that's one of the things that you don't have to pay for, but you get to see so much of what a city or a country has to offer is by literally walking the streets and being on the ground so much of the culture that is true culture you know of of, of a city is street level i'm yep. sure you saw that too in in thailand i remember you talking about the different street food that you had and yeah yeah you get stuff. yeah so i think you get the the layout of the city and the neighborhoods and stuff like that by walking but you also yes you get this eye to eye you get an idea for what life is actually like. Yeah, we're kind of hanging out. And you're meeting people. You're looking eye to eye. You're kind of seeing the street food, seeing the vendors, seeing the shops. And there's something about seeing your you, the city that you're visiting like that the first day or two. Taking that, it all in. Yeah. Helps. I don't know. Helps connect you to the place where you are. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Walk and riding bikes. Riding bikes is great too. It's just you're not you're not going to quite get that connection on a bike, although it's better than it's still better than jumping in a cab or, sure. or say even riding a, a train or something like that. Man, I would I would still much rather bike. So on top of that, when it comes to cabs, I think too riding public transportation also gives you that mm-hmm. instead of taking a cab, taking the bus or the train or whatever it is that everyone else takes. That's the cheaper mode of transportation. It's going to save you money and also kind of give you more of an idea of where you are and what other people are doing and what the vibe of the city is. Just for instance, in New York city, if you land at the airport and you take the cab into town versus, you know, taking the the bus to the subway, uh, you're going to spend a lot more money and you're not going to get a vibe. There's like something super New York about riding the subway or when I was in Shanghai riding their subway, Mm -hmm. there's something like, you know what? I could have hopped in a taxi and probably gotten there a few minutes quicker but I would have missed a huge part of the experience. Yeah, you get to see all the folks. You get to smell the smells of all the different people. <laughs> You'd be like pressed up against the, against the glass and it's like uber crowded subway That's how they car. do it in Asia, man. They're just like literally yeah. shoving people on. It's impressive. It really is. Was, crossing the canal on the boat for like 50 cents or whatever it was in, in Shanghai. It was amazing. And you're, you're like literally sandwiched in between all these people. <laughs> but for 50 cents, man, there's no cheaper way to get across and... That's all part of the experience. Yeah. The different modes of transportation. Actually, I mean, that makes me think of New York as well. Like Kate and I have arrived into New York City. Well, she's done it two different ways. Now I've done it three different ways. The very first time I uh, arrived in New York City, uh, me and my buddy Kyle, we drove north of the city and then we took the train down into the city and then we arrived in Grand Central. And so like literally the first experience of, of New York City was arriving in Times Square. Yeah. Well, f- first Grand Central Station, but then and taking that up to Times Square. And having arrived by train, super cool, right? And then you went to Guy Fieri's restaurant, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right before we went to the M&M store. Uh, <laughs> not really. But but yeah, but then before that, you know, we'd flown in and uh, arrived by plane. But then this last time Kate and I went up, Kate and I, uh, we drove up. Uh, we stopped and visited uh, some friends on the way. And we parked at Staten Island. And then we took the ferry across, which was another completely different way to take in the city. You know, like literally we're, you know, taking the ferry to Manhattan at sunset, like at dusk. And man, just talk of like so much of the ex- different experiences are involved transportation, yes. involved sort of local transportation. So yeah, the transportation is not just the way to get you somewhere. It is it's part of the experience, part of the culture and treat it like that because yeah. you know how that is like in your city. That's 
probably part of your culture too. And it, it is where we live too. It's usually, it's just an awful mode, which is sitting in traffic in a car. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in a lot of cities, that's a huge part of, uh, of the culture. It, it, how you get around. Cause that's a large part of a lot of people's days. Mm-hmm. So take that into account and try to save money on how you get around. And also and that's also going to be the way that most common folks get around. So you'll get kind of an idea of how the locals live. Another way to get an idea of how the locals live. There's a couple apps now where you can kind of uh, get guides from actual locals. And there's one that I would tell people to check out. It's called cool cousin. So check that out app out. And there's people that in cities all over the world now on that app that live in that city and love that city and kind of tell you what their favorite things are to do in that city. So check that one out and be friendly, get to know people and know a little bit about the history of the place you're visiting. And if it's uh, a foreign country, know a few of the words um, just so you can at least try, at least try to reach out in their tongue. Um, Just knowing a few words, a few phrases gives the person you're talking to a sense that you're trying and that you care and that you came there to not just be a tourist, but to understand their culture. And that goes a long, long way. And you're going to have a much better experience if the people you're dealing with know that you care a little bit. So yet again, I have had all my beer and you're still swirling yours over there. <laughs> I like to... Uh, I'm patient. I'm a patient sipper. I, hey, I like to savor mine as well, but you didn't have any water for me to drink. Oh, sorry about That's that. That's why my throat sounds all... Oh, gunky. I'm a crappy host <laughs> and everyone knows it now. No, uh, man, I, I like recording over here. Normally we re- record over at my place, but coming over here, I got to get on the bike and ride over in the nice, yeah. nice cool evening. Wakes me back up. Lovely, so. lovely night tonight. We always record at night in case you folks were wondering. Well, so I feel like we always would be Alkies if we were doing this at 9 a.m. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that. Yeah. It's 10 a.m. here on Wednesday morning. We're cracking open a beer, <laughs> yeah. but the hop slam is fantastic. Just as good as ever. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, was kind of worried going back to it because we've had such wonderful IPA since then, especially some IPAs that were different style, but man, it still stands up. It's kind of refreshing to have something in that old school IPA style too that we don't really do very often. Yeah. It doesn't feel, it doesn't, even though it's kind of, it has that malt backbone to it, it doesn't taste as heavy as some of the, uh, some of the new New England style IPAs that are a little more juicy, hazy. Yeah. Yeah. So Bell- I like it. I like it too. Bell's Hop Slam will uh, have a picture for you in the link to the untapped profile um, on our website. All right, Joel. So let's do a little quick recap then for folks because we kind of talked a lot about practical stuff, but then we also talked more of like the philosophical stuff uh, early on in the podcast. And I want to make sure we tie it up. Yeah. So nice little bow. First off, before you start planning your next trip, think about how you want to explore a city. Think about how you like to travel. And just make sure you take that into account when you're booking your travel, when you're considering where you want to go. And think about what you actually enjoy doing as well. If you're scheduled to do a bunch of things that you don't ever normally do when you're at home, well, you may not enjoy doing all those things just because they're in a different city or in a different country. Yeah. Travel the way you want to travel and don't let the guidebooks and the fancy blog posts about certain towns sway you in exactly how you need to attack that attack that visit Uh, go at it at your pace in the way you like to travel also consider staying in the united states there's so much to explore here in our own country and a lot of people don't consider traveling around the united states where you can get a cheap plane ticket or hop in your car and drive eight hours and explore a completely different terrain they don't think that that's really travel and they decide to book a trip to Europe instead. And Europe's awesome, but consider saving a bunch of money. You can go on more trips, save a ton of money and you can, you can see completely different cultures and yeah. completely different terrains by traveling in our country Yeah, while relatively still staying in your own backyard. Get to know that first, maybe before you might need a abroad. translating device if you go to New Orleans still, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I love traveling this country. Yeah. And sort of going along with that, uh, one of the biggest things is being flexible, whether that means being flexible with your dates or being flexible with like your location, right? You want to see where the deals are. And if there's a deal, say, in a, in a city you've never heard of, but it sounds kind of interesting, consider it, man. That might be one of the one of the best vacations you've ever taken. And obviously, if you have flexibility when it comes to dates, you can find a really good deal. Yes. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Our home on the web is howtomoney.com. 
Be sure to check it out. We'll have our show notes up there for you. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show. Until next time, buddy. Best friends out. Best friends out. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.